please stand up. All the greeters, please stand up. Please stand up. Just dated myself a little bit there. All right, listen, I want to just thank you guys. Can we just honor these guys? Can you just give them a big hand? Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being a welcome, uh, welcome face and smile coming in. Uh, I so enjoyed, Karen and I, it was super cool, so we went to that, uh, we went to that evening with the 120 people that, that gathered and, uh, and got to listen to Corey and Jason and Sarah and, and um, them share about our journey. And it was, I was just like Janelle, you know, she was there, of course, as well, and, and just thinking, man, we are so spoiled and rotten rich and just, we were just love drunk. My, my wife always loves it when I use the word drunk from the pulpit, ever. It's always her favorite. Love drunk. She's just she's giving me the thumbs down in the back row. Is it a bad sign that my wife sits in the back row? That's another question. This is, can we do a survey? <laughs> At any rate, we were just sitting there, just our hearts overflowing with joy. How's that, babe? Yeah, two thumbs up. Okay. And, um, but one of the things that, um, so, so it just, it, I was struck over and over again um, by uh, some of the language that Jason uh, used, and he was talking about our story together, and this as an aspect of our story, in responding to the families that God has brought here to be a part of this family. And, um, and he said, you know, the, 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 so the admonition from Sarah and Jason to these other churches was, listen, you don't need to try to like create this amazing, you know, $500,000 program. Um, what you need to do is you need to find out who's there and then ask them what they need and then listen. And that was it. That was the secret sauce. And he kept saying that over, over and over again. You know, they, they asked us, what do you need? And then they listened. And then they said, what do you need? And then they listened. And really, that's what we've done as a family. And, you know, I, I like strategy. I'm, I'm, uh, I love strategy. And I love processes. And I love, like, organizing things so that we have a program that will work and be most productive and most cutting edge. I'm always, I will admit to you, I confess to you that I have this pesky problem of wanting to be the first person that either read something and shared it or the first person that God told something to. I'm like, yes! Like, I want to be on the cutting edge edge, right, of like God's revelation. The problem is that dad is so naughty because he will come and he'll say like, hey, Joshua, now I can tell you this. And he tells me, and then I'm like, yes. And then I go tell someone else or I go talk to others and I find out that dad also tells everyone else. So he like super lets me in on the inside track, but he also lets y'all in on the inside track. And so apparently he is not that interested in, um, you know, giving me spiritual pride as it turns out, which is weird, because anyway, all that to say, I really do like the idea of being on the cutting edge of what God is doing, and, and you know what that means? That means being in relationship with dad and being up to what he's up to. Uh, it doesn't mean having secret wisdom. You guys, that's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of heaven. There's no secret wisdom. It's an open secret. <laughs> it totally is. Like all the good stuff, you have access to it. So as we're this family, and, 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 we're, and I'm listening to Jason and Sarah uh, recounting our journey together, they kept, they kept, he kept saying that. And then they'd ask, like, well, what do you need? And then they would listen. And that's really what we've done. And every time that God has brought a new son or a daughter to our house or a new family, and they, and they, and they bring their sons and daughters, and we go, ah, oh, well, well, what do you need? And then we listen, and then we make that adjustment. And, you know, that really is the way the kingdom works, isn't it? Because the kingdom of heaven is a family. Before we were created, we had Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then they got together and they're like, let's, let's, let's have more family. And that's where we got involved. They created us. But you know what? He never changed his mind. We're still all family. So 
that affects the way that we do things. It means that we don't end up like trying to come up with the sleekest and greatest and best processes and that that's what's gonna make us successful in life. Although let us be excellent, let's have good processes. We're a family, families can use organization, right? That's okay, we can use that stuff, but it's not organization that makes us grow, it's the fact that we're a family, that we're a healthy family. So we're always making those adjustments and that really has been our journey, hasn't it? It really has been our journey, is to, is to prepare and stay in step with what dad's doing in our family. How many of you guys know that when somebody gets, uh, gets married and, and then all of a sudden, oh, there's, there's a bun in the oven, like we're expecting a baby, and then what happens? Then you make room for that baby. All of a sudden, you know, there's bassinets showing up and baby showers and the rooms start turning different colors depending on if they're gonna fig- figure out the gender or not right up front. How many of you guys waited for the first kid until it came out? Because you're like, we wanna be surprised. And then those of you that did, how many of you waited again the second time? Oh, what? Nah, you did? Wow, that was more than I thought it was going to be. It usually doesn't work out the second time. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, it was just easier if I could have planned. <laughs> but you know what? We make room to be in step with what God's doing. And that's really, that's really the, the, the spirit of what we want to do here. Today I want to talk to you because we're a family on a mission. We're in a family on a mission of Isaiah 61. We've been called to join dad in Isaiah 61, and that's what we've been talking about. We're a family that is restoring cities, but how do we restore cities? We restore cities by inviting people into the family. We engage with people who don't even know that God loves them yet, and we show up and say, hey, I'm here because God loves you. Hey, I'm showing up because God loves this city, and so do we. Amen? We make those adjustments, and we stay in step with what he's doing. But you know what? The truth is, the truth is, it's a really big mission, isn't it? When I first came to Christ Center, one of the things that the Lord spoke to me during a time of, of waiting on him was he said, Joshua, I don't want you to measure success solely by what's going on on a Sunday morning. You will measure success. Yes, part of it is a Sunday morning, but it's what those people that are doing on Sunday morning, how they're affecting the city and how much of the kingdom you see in the city, that's what you can measure success by. And I was like, oh, that sounds super cool. But then I very quickly realized like, oh my goodness, this is going to take a long time. (laughs) This is going to take a long time. It's a lot easier to just have like a really good meeting, you know, where they played all my favorite songs. And so I was like, oh yeah, that was, that was anointed. How many of you noticed that it's more anointed when they play your favorite songs? (laughs) It's kind of an incredible thing. I think God makes room for us in there. Anyway. It's, it's in this mission that we've been called to, Isaiah 61, it's a much bigger mission than, than what we can do on our own. It's greater than our intellect, it's greater than our organization, it's greater than our strategies, it's greater than our finances, it's greater in every way than what we ourselves can do alone. And yet he's called us to do it. Yet he's called us to be those that are rebuilding the old ruins raising up the former desolations and repairing the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. That's what we're called to do. That's a huge order. That's a huge order. It it involves every facet of society, every sphere. It calls for us to live these strategic lives and be willing to, to pour out our lives and our finances and our time and our affection, our energy, our creativity. It calls for all of that and yet, and yet, the fullness of everything that we can bring alone is not enough, is it? 
And you know, I really appreciated Jason's word last week where he was encouraging us and admonishing us, listen guys, we're gonna have to ask the Lord for wisdom and grace to know what part of the broken city we're engaged in. There's a couple of parts that we're all called to. There's gonna be a couple of main areas, usually one main area, maybe a sub area behind that and a couple of facets, but primarily, right, you're called to just one or two things. And if you stick with those one or two things for the duration of what God's called you to do, which probably, here's a little spoiler alert, for your life, then you will absolutely be one that stands in the breach and repairs the broken cities, the ruined places, the desolations of generations. But it's gonna take, it's gonna take sticking around and being a mother and father in the city. That's what we're being raised to do. Dad's made us a part of the family. You know what's really cool about the way that dad, uh, the way that dad does family is that he doesn't, um, he doesn't raise kids. Now, he starts with kids, but he doesn't raise kids. He's raising mothers and fathers. He's not raising kids. He's raising mothers and fathers. They start out little, but you know what we're pointing towards? Be like dad. We want to have the mother heart of God and the father heart of God, Right? We want to be like dad. So everything he's doing, he's calling us into that same mission. And that's what we're doing here. It is a process, isn't it? And I want to talk to you today about a facet of that process, uh, uh, a, a posture in that process, a tool, a weapon, and a posture that we're called into as a part of restoring the cities and a part of being able to grab hold of this grace that Jason talked about, this wisdom to know, Lord, what part of the city am I called to? What area am I consistently to be a part of? Because the truth is, if we try to go after everything all the time, we're going to burn out. Or if we just look at the immensity of it without a, a clear mission, um, then we're just going to get paralyzed, right? How many of you guys have experienced that? You don't have to raise your hand. I think it's all of us at some point. You just, yeah, there you go. Come on, one brave soul. It was me. Um, we get paralyzed. It just, it just results in more screen time, really. You know, you know you're feeling paralyzed if you just look at your screen time. You're like, man, that's a lot of screen time I've been distracting myself with recently. I've crushed a lot of candy this week, and I've checked a lot of social media. Something's up. My Netflix binge, <laughs> binge levels are at an all-time high. That's because that's you're paralyzed. You're feeling paralyzed. I, I did want to honor the greeters. I, I got all excited about the word, so let me just take a quick commercial break to finish honoring the greeters. But something stuck out. Uh, Corey, I'm going to mess this all up, so I won't try to use any technical terms. But Corey was talking about the brain, because he always is, because he's smart. But uh, do you like that? Usually I gush on him, but I thought this time I'd give you a little brotherly shot in the ribs there. Yeah, yeah, you're amazing. Anyway, he was. He was blowing my mind, being amazing like he is. But he was talking about the brain, and he was talking about the part of the brain that reads connection, right? Or rejection. What the, what's that part called? Insula. The insula? All right. The insula. And the insula can tell if someone is rejecting you without you even saying anything. So if they look at you, you haven't even said any words yet, but you know, we've all seen that. You know, I was thinking about the scriptures where, it talk, where God actually is busting Israel's chops because they look at each other and cluck the tongue. Right? Your insula just goes, oh! Right? You don't even have to do that, though. You don't actually have to go for them to, to feel rejected. We've all experienced that, haven't we? When somebody gives you that look like, you're not even worth, you're not even worth looking at. We've felt that, haven't we? And one of the things that Corey was pointing out is that as far as the brain is concerned, the way that it responds chemically is, is equal to if you had been stabbed when you feel that sense of rejection. Think about that for a minute. Now, we have all felt that. We have all been in that place. And we are here 
representing as sons and daughters of God, mothers and fathers of the kingdom, we are here as God's hospitality brigade to welcome people into the kingdom. We bring good tidings of good news that you have a daddy and he is crazy in love with you and I'm here as proof that that's true. And I wanna honor the greeters because here at Christ Center, you're the first people that get to do that. You're carrying the kingdom. You're saying when somebody walks in, and, don't, and let me tell you something, guys. You know, it's a, it's a, it may seem like a small thing to set foot into the congregation of the saints where they're gathering, but it is a big deal. And there is a lot of spiritual warfare that goes on. There's a lot of stuff that goes on when people are gonna walk into a group of people who are trying to follow God. People have had a lot of different experiences. They got a lot of things kicking. And so when you walk in and there's someone there that looks you in the eyes and says, welcome, I'm glad you're here today, and means it, something happens. Something happens. When you walk into you and you say, you know what, you belong. I don't know what you believe yet, and I don't know how you behave yet, but I know this, you belong. My dad is crazy about you, and I'm looking forward to finding out why. So thank you, greeters, for what you're doing. We just honor you. We appreciate that. But you know, the reality is you are all greeters for the kingdom of heaven. That's what you're called to do. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing when you see people. You see them. Isn't that an amazing thing when somebody just sees you? When somebody's present with you? It's like you just feel that. You feel that. And something shifts. And you know what? It's because we're wired for that. God created us for that. That's a big part of what we're doing as we repair, as we repair the broken cities, the broken relationships. Amen? Isn't that exciting? So let me talk about a specific tool here, a specific posture, a specific weapon, weapon against the enemy, tool for rebuilding the cities, and posture for our own hearts and souls. And that, that is the beauty, the invitation of fasting. I, I love I love fasting, and I really am challenged by fasting. Does everybody kind of have a mixed feeling about that, right? You just, you kind of got both. You're like, oh man, I love what happens when you fast. I love that sweet spot when you get past that sort of, you know, first couple of days are a little rough, right? When your brain is like, remember when we used to have sugar and caffeine? <laughs> those were good days. Remember when you used to give me what I wanted? Yeah, it was nice. And it's like also like, remember how you haven't done this in a long time and there's a lot of toxins and now that's what we're burning up? And you're like, yes, I, I remember that. That's the rough part. That's the rough part. But there is a sweet space. There is a sweet place of communing with the Lord, of going into that, 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 that space with him where you're saying, Lord, I care more about you I care about more than about those that are around me that I'm fasting for their breakthrough and I care more about your will being done and your kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven than I do about what I eat, than I do about my own life. I'm laying my life down like Christ to join you in a posture of denying myself, not, not for punishment's sake, but for the purpose of heaven invading earth in these areas. I'm joining you in that, Lord. And I'm, sh and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm showing that through the action of humbling myself through fasting. You know, when you read in the scriptures over and over again, um, it talks about humble yourself and pray. 
And when you read through, you see over and over and over again, and I'm going to read you several scriptures now this morning, over and over and over again, that that humbling yourself and praying, the humbling of yourself is that you're humbling this baby right here. It's amazing. This baby, you know, eating is such a gift. It's such, it's from the Lord. It's delightful. It's wonderful. It's how we stay alive. How many of you guys noticed that if you eat, you stay alive? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So, but when, we are in, when we're invited into a fast with the Lord, then what's happening is we're saying, God, my strength, my life is not enough in this situation to accomplish what needs to be done. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to say, Lord, I need you to do what only you can do in that situation. But I'm letting you know, I'm letting you know that I am seeking your intervention. I am seeking you, God, with all of my strength, all of my mind, and all of my heart. And it's an interesting, almost like an interesting dichotomy, right? It's like the upside-down kingdom, right? Those of you that would be the greatest must become the slave of all. Well, here's what, and it's an interesting thing. When you want to see the most powerful moves of heaven through our lives and through what's going on, then what you do is you actually diminish your own strength through fasting and prayer. You humble yourself and you say, God, if, if you don't go, we have no hope. If you don't move, we have no hope. If it's just what we can bring, we're already ruined. So what we're gonna do is rather than say, Lord, I'm gonna lead with my strength and my intellect and my will, I'm actually gonna lay that down. I'm actually laying down my will to eat. How many of you guys have a will to eat? Just talking about fasting, how many of you are like, oh man, we gotta eat quick, when is, when, where do we call on this? It's like reaching in your purse, you got a nutrient bar right now. Okay, I think I just said Nutria bar. Did that just happen? That's right. It's a new fast that we're doing. It's a Travis, we're going to need a lot of Nutria bars. So, all right. <laughs> so let me read some scriptures. Let me read some scriptures to you. But uh, I think you're probably tracking with what I'm, where I'm going with this is that, that we believe that God is calling us as a people, as a tribe. We've been talking about Isaiah 61. We've been being encouraged by the Lord in the mission that we've been called to in the mission that we've been called to. You are all here because you have purposed in your heart to come and, and do the words of Jesus, to live the scriptures. That's why you're here today. You came here because you love him with all your heart and your strength and your mind, and you keep continuing to come here and be refreshed and, and to, to prophesy one to another that God's will will be done and to be equipped and, and established. And then each of you is going out every week and you're living out the kingdom and you're releasing the kingdom of heaven. That's why we're here. That's what's going on. So I already know you're all in. We're in this together, aren't we, family? And so now we as a family, I believe the Lord, there, these, there are those times and seasons. We've been looking at Isaiah 61. We've been looking internally and saying, God, we need you to establish things in us that are not yet established. We need you to heal things in us that need healed. We've been taking a very strong look at that, haven't we, to say, Lord, heal my soul, God. Heal my heart. Heal me physically, Father. Heal me, heal me emotionally, Father. And then we're turning and we're saying, Lord, heal the city, God. Heal our cities, Lord. We see the systemic brokenness and poverty. We see, the, we see the, the areas that have been broken through relational poverty. We see these broken things. We see oppression of the enemy. We see, we see these things, God, and we want to engage with that. We want to engage with bringing health and wealth and peace for the city. Have we not? 
And so then as we're poised to do that, and, and Jason's saying, listen, we got to pray and ask God for wisdom, so where do we engage? Well, we're, so, so here we are in this place to say, God, we see the vision. We're getting excited. We're realizing that our lives are already strategically placed and aligned, and we're starting to get a revelation of that. We're being encouraged in that. And then at the same time, we're going, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot, Lord. Where do you want me? Where do you want me to engage? Where do I grab that wisdom and grace? Through fasting and prayer. Lord, how does this mountain move, this immovable mountain? How do we see that end, God? Through fasting and prayer. Lord, what about this oppression? What about this besetting sin? What about this mindset? What about these familial curses? Through fasting and prayer. You see, there are certain things that God has chosen that they are broken through fasting and prayer. Now, that doesn't mean everything is broken through fasting and prayer, because you know what? We also get to eat, don't we? Praise God. There are other tools, but this is one of them. Let me read you a, uh, a quote. I really appreciate Arthur Wallace wrote this in a book called The Chosen Fast, and I just love this. So let me, let me uh, do this as a preamble. The neglect of truth, followed by its rediscovery, often results in its overemphasis. It's been hidden a little while. We rediscover and we're like, this is it. It's the secret wisdom. It works for everything. And we just make it all about that, huh? I have been aware of this temptation in connection with this subject and have therefore tried to give to this theme the weight that scripture gives to it. Truth is like a portrait. And to exaggerate one feature is to turn the portrait into a caricature of the truth. Come on. We've all done that. <laughs> the result is that thoughtful people turn from this divinely appointed means of grace as something for the crank or the fanatic. Fasting is important, more important perhaps than many of us have supposed. And for all that, it is still not a major biblical doctrine, a foundation stone of the faith, or a panacea for every spiritual ill. It's heaps important, but it has its place, doesn't it? Nevertheless, when exercised with a pure heart and a right motive, fasting may provide us with a key to unlock doors where other keys have failed. Now that, that, that rings with truth, doesn't it? Fasting can provide us for, with a key for certain doors where other keys have failed. I would say that every one of us is experiencing that on some level, that there's certain doors, there's certain places, there's certain experiences where you keep getting the same result and you're even, God bless you, faithfully going after that. You're doing the right thing. You're, you're meeting with the counselor. You're, you're being accountable. You're reading the scriptures. You're eating good food. You're showing up. You're giving the Lord your first fruits and living a life of generosity. You're doing all the stuff and still that stinking door just will not open. Say amen. amen. Yeah? I mean, right? Is that right? That sounded all bossy. Say amen. Do the, do it now. We're a family. Do it. Sorry about that. Just came out wrong. <laughs> Nevertheless, when exercised with a pure heart and a right motive, fasting may provide us with a key to unlock the doors where other keys have failed, a window opening up new horizons in the unseen world, a spiritual weapon of God's providing mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. 
May God awaken many of us to all the spiritual possibilities latent in the fast that God has chosen. Amen? So, so today, what I want to do is I want to I whet your appetite <laughs> for fasting. <laughs> I want to awaken your spirit and your soul that there are places where you have been, you have been pining, you have been working, you've been hitting that rock, and it still has not broken. And I believe that God is saying, listen, it's time to gather together and call a fast that we could bear one another's burdens and see breakthrough in the places where we need to see breakthrough. So let me read some scripture to you and, um, and then we will gear up. And uh, we're we are not calling the fast this week. I think you guys saw the slide. We're calling the fast next week. So we're gonna come together next night. It's gonna be super fun. We're gonna have some time praying over some specific prayer points. We're gonna make room for you to be thinking about so you can add your prayer points. And then we're gonna fast um, for the remainder of Sunday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we'll come together on Wednesday. So a week from Sunday we start, a week from today we start, and then we'll come together on the following Wednesday for a time of prayer and worship and testimonies. And uh, last time we did this, it was incredible to hear the amount of things that God did in three days of prayer and fasting. It was just amazing. God moves. So let's, uh, let's, get, let's get our scripture on. You guys ready? My man, Nehemiah. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hubert, it came to pass in the month of Chislev in the 20th year as I was with Sushan, uh, I was in Sushan, the citadel, with Hananani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem, and they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates burned with fire. This sounds like the desolation of generations, doesn't it? So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept. And I mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night. Now, he was praying during the day and he was praying during the night, but I would like to point out that a wonderful attribute a sweet, powerful part of fasting is that fasting is a form of intercession and as long as you are fasting, that fast is an ongoing, unceasing part of your prayer. There's another place where the apostle talks about pray without ceasing. Well, this is one of those parts of praying without ceasing. You also continue to pray always, but I'm just letting you know, when you're fasting, it is an unbroken prayer unto the Lord. Isn't that sweet? For the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel which have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you <laughs> commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me, 
and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I've chosen as a dwelling for my name. I love this. Nehemiah gets, there's two things I just want to point out right here. Number one, Nehemiah hears about the condition of the city. And he starts praying and fasting. And immediately as he's praying and fasting, he remembers how good God is. And then he begins to repent, not for all y'all's sins. Lord, I'm fasting and I just pray that you'd help all these dirt bags out here, Jesus. (laughs) Father, I thank you that I'm not like them, God. No. No, he says, Father, we have sinned, I and my fathers. He's identifying with the sins of us as a family. It's us and we, it's not them and those guys and those jerks, right? Right? It's, It's like this, if you're a conservative, then he wasn't praying, Lord God, lead those liberals to repentance. And if you're a liberal, it wasn't God Almighty deliver us from those conservatives. It was God, we, your people, have lost our way. God, we, your people, have sinned and fallen short of your glory. God, we need you to heal our land. Every one of us has turned to our own way, one way or another. God, would you move in our hearts? You know, when you turn and you begin to fast and pray, it's an amazing thing that happens when you humble yourself with fasting you humble yourself. And you start having humble thoughts. You know what's interesting about humility? It leads to gratitude. When you humble yourself through praying and fasting, what's happening is you're identifying with everyone in our weakness, in our burden, in our stuckness, in our limited perspective. And we're saying, God, I can't do it. We can't do it. We need you. Amen? It's an incredible thing, isn't it? I'll have some more thoughts about that, but let me continue. So he says, but if you return to me, and I love this, this is the second part. So he humbles himself, and then he remembers how good God is. God, you said if we chose death, you'd scatter us to the four winds. And then look at what I underlined there. But if you return to me, says the Lord, and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather you from there. As he's fasting and praying, he's, he's praying back to the Lord, wait, Lord, you're always restorative. You're always looking to restore. We may have gone to our own wicked way, but you're saying it doesn't even matter how far away we went. If we'll turn to you, you'll bring us back. So God, grant us repentance. God, grant us peace. Grant us healing. Grant us your mercy. Isn't that good? Let's continue on. Now, these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. Oh, Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. And you guys all know the story from there. He goes in, he's a waiter. He goes to the king. The king looks at him and says, man, you're a great waiter, and I have never seen you sad before. This can only be sadness of heart. It's a full-on miracle. And then he says, yeah, because my hometown's all busted up and broken down, and I got this Isaiah 60 thing, 61 thing going on. And the king says, hey, no problem. Go rebuild it, and I'll finance the whole deal. How much time do you need? And then he goes and rebuilds it. But you know when it happened? 
after he humbled himself with prayer and fasting. The favor was released, the provision was released, the breakthrough was released, and the ability to go do the job was released. When? After humbling himself with prayer and fasting. It's fair to say that if he didn't humble himself with prayer and fasting, it wouldn't have been rebuilt by Nehemiah. It's that powerful. Amen? All right, let me read you another one because they just keep getting better. Here we go. In Isaiah 58, God is talking and he's, he's, uh, he's, he's giving the, the Israelites a spanking and he's telling them, listen, you gotta come back to me. This isn't working. And they were telling him, God, it's no use fasting. You're not even listening to our voice. And God says, well, I'm not listening to you right now because you got a bogus fast. All you're doing is not for a day. And while you're not eating for a day, you're still treating everybody like garbage. You're still overworking your people. You're not keeping the Sabbath. The only thing that you're doing is not eating for a day. You're not doing any of my kingdom stuff. You're just not eating for a day. So no, I'm not listening to you right now. And so this is his response. He says, that's the fast you're doing, oppressing people and being wicked while not eating for a day. And he says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? And he says, I want you to loose the bonds of wickedness to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh? And then your light shall break forth like the morning, and your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry and he will say, here I am. I love that. Just close your eyes for a minute. Just picture God. You're crying out to him. Lord, and he goes, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking of wickedness. Now, Guys, this is a prophetic word for us right now, all right? This is a prophetic word for us right now, all right? The pointing of the finger and the speaking of wickedness. Part of our fast is to stop putting food into our mouth and is to start praying blessing instead of pointing the finger and speaking wickedness. We are called to bless and not curse. Who do you think came up with the idea of hating your neighbor? Who do you think speaks the most curses? But the curses that Satan has, they don't have any power until you start saying them. We need to fast from speaking wicked things about people we disagree with. And in fact, God says part of that fast, if you want me to move on your behalf, I need you to stop speaking curses. It hurts. We need to hear this. I've already talked to you about my words per minute. So I am a chief among sinners when it comes to saying cute things that when I think about it, I go, that was a curse. 
Father, will you forgive me? I'm, I am pointing the finger and I'm speaking curses about that person. You told me to pray for everyone in leadership. This is part of the fast we're called into. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones and you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. How many of us are feeling that, right? How many of us are feeling a little bit dry? How many of us are feeling not so strengthened in our bones right now? You're kind of going through the motions, going through the day, and we need to be refreshed. We need to be watered of the Lord and refreshed, the springs of water released back in our life. Could it be that it's time to humble ourselves with fasting and prayer and to allow the Lord to wash our hearts and wash our minds and, and renew us and restore us and sanctify us, that as we humble ourselves and pray that we would turn from any wicked way that may be in there? Any pesky little habits where, we're, where, we, uh, where we consider ourselves our neighbor's judges rather than our neighbor's advocate. Where we're more likely to speak of our frustration with those around us rather than to pray for their well-being. Our big brother Jesus, we are told that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet his enemy, he came and died for us. When we join the Lord in fasting and prayer, it's part of our intercession where we actually humble ourselves and say, I care enough about you that I'm gonna deny myself this life, this part of life for this season to see that God would may give you breakthrough. It's a part of the way that we bear one another's burdens, right? Everyone must carry their own load, but you bear one another's burdens. It's a part of laying down your life is to say, I, I'm, I am going to lay my life down in this in this right and in this pleasure to feed this body for a season because I care enough about you and your well-being that I'm gonna turn from pointing the finger and speaking critically or wickedly about you and instead I'm gonna pray that God's will would be done and his kingdom would come in your life. I will not be your critic and I will not speak curses. I will pray, God, forgive them for they know not what they do. And forgive me, God. Forgive me. We have all fallen short of your glory. Do you see that? And that happens in the context of prayer. As I said, there's an interesting thing that happens when you humble yourself. You humble yourself. <laughs> Look at this. Those from among you shall build the old wastes. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Those of you that choose the fast that I have chosen, you will build up the old waste places. You will raise up the foundations of many generations and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. This is what we're joining Jesus in when we do this. It's amazing, isn't it? This is the track. He says, I've called you to this fast. I've called you in this way to engage. Isn't that beautiful? There's a couple more I want to share with you. Um, this is Daniel's fast. And I am going to skip ahead. 
All right. So same thing with Daniel. He, he looks at the scriptures and he realizes there's a promise of God. And, and, uh, and he says, I observed in the books the number of years, which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So he sees the actual promise of God. So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth and ashes, sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keeps his commandments. What's that say? We have sinned. There it is again. In praying and fasting, what we do is we actually identify with all of the broken things that are going on. We are interceding by saying, I'm not above you. I'm not other than. This is a we. This is where we gather together and we carry this together. There's an identificational piece to this. Do you see that? We're actually joining Jesus. He was the, he's the number one. He, what did Jesus do? He came and became a curse for us so that we wouldn't be cursed. He came and died for us so that we could live. Fasting is a way that we join him in that periodically when he calls us to it to see breakthrough in places where people aren't even asking for breakthrough. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? I want to uh, show you. So he continues to pray. I love this. The angel appears to, to Daniel. Do not be afraid, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to your words. Now, in the midst of your fast, I just want to encourage you, from the moment that you set your heart to fast, this is for us, guys, from the moment that we set our hearts to fast, God is already moving. Why? Because he wants to fulfill his words. Now, this, this thing with Daniel is key because a lot of you in this room are sitting on promises, prophetic words, words of knowledge, dreams that God has given you, promises that he's given you, and you haven't gotten breakthrough. Some of you are sitting on like 20-year-old and 30-year-old words, and you're still waiting for them to come to pass, and you're like, what is going on with this thing? And I want you to learn from Daniel here. We need to grab a hold of this from Daniel. Daniel's literally reading the prophetic word of what God is going to do. And God directs him to say, listen, Daniel, unless you jump on board and fast and pray towards this, it won't happen. I'm partnering with you. Did you catch that? Daniel didn't just say yes and amen. Daniel co-labored with God to release heaven through prayer and fasting. Are you guys seeing that? It's pretty crazy, isn't it? It's a huge invitation for us. You see, there are things that are going on in our lives right now that, that as Arthur said, that there's a key to open a door that other keys won't open. So there are things, there's promises, there's things in your life that you're like, why isn't this happening? And it's because we haven't co-labored with God to see it happen yet. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, therefore you go and extend the kingdom. That's an interesting thing because it means, what he's saying is, all authority has been given to me, Therefore, you have access to go do these things. But you'll notice that that means we have to actually go do them, right? So what does it mean if we don't do them? It means they won't be done. And this is one of those ways that we engage to say, Lord, if there's promise that you've given and it's still not coming to pass, and you can ask the Lord, by the way, you're in a relationship. You can be like, Lord, is this a timing thing or is this an engagement thing, right? Because sometimes it's a timing thing. I'm not trying to give you the, 
as, as, uh, as Arthur says, this is not a panacea for everything that, everything that ails you. Like, well, just throw some fasting at it. I'll tell you, I've tried to fast when God hasn't given me a grace to fast. It's a whole different deal. But when God calls you to fast, it's incredible. There's a grace. You go through it. And you know what? He brings breakthrough in those things that you're going after. So for some of you, there's some words that you've been waiting for them to come to pass. And I want to tell you, this is a part of that process to say, Lord, let your will be done in this area. You promised it, but as for me and my house, we're going to agree that you would release it. You're in a real relationship with dad and you have real responsibility and you have real opportunity. Can you guys receive that? This is in Joel chapter two. I'm gonna finish with this. God is speaking to the Israelites and he says, now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. What I love about every time that we're called to fast and pray, it's always redemptive. Do you guys see that? It's always redemptive. Whenever God invites us to fast and pray, it's not like, hey, fast and pray so you can feel like the dirt bags you are, and then once you know that, that'll be good. You'll know that. No, he's like, I want you to turn to me with fasting and prayer so that I can restore the things that I want to restore. And if you will do this, I will restore it. I want you to catch something as we're closing here, that when, when God has, he has said it several times, um, well, there it is. Now, therefore, says the Lord, <laughs> turn to me with all of your heart. Remember, Jesus said that later. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me, says the Lord. One of the ways that we indicate to our own selves, it's not leverage, but it is communication. One way that you can know I am actually all in on this thing that I'm asking for is that you're willing to not eat for a season to see breakthrough there. It's that simple. It's not leverage, it's not legalism. It's just a fact. If you are after something with your whole heart, the scripture says that you will be willing to fast and pray over that situation. And until you're willing to fast and pray over that situation, I dare say that the scripture says you just have, you're just not after it with your whole heart yet. Yeah, the Bible doesn't really pull any punches, does it? It's like, Lord, I really, 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 really want this. And he's like, great, great. I want this for you too. Seek it with all of your heart. Why don't you take a time and consecrate yourself? Oh, Lord, I, just, I don't feel like that's a, that now's not a good time, Lord. It's gonna be a big week. All right, well, come, come seek me with all of your heart when you're ready to seek me with all of your heart. Now, is it, is it, is it that if I don't do this, is it, is it me earning his love? No, this isn't about earning. This is about understanding whether or not you're actually asking for it yet. This is all about, you, you have all the power and all the choices in this. It, it's not about legalism, and it's not about earning, and it's not about leverage. It's about invitation and engagement. Did you hear that? This is about invitation and engagement. Are you guys getting excited about fasting? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> He's gracious and merciful. 
He's gracious and merciful. He wants to bring us breakthrough in these places. He actually wants us to partner with him to see Isaiah 61 happen in our cities, first in us and then around us. And this is one of those invitations. If you've been stuck in a place of bondage in your life, as we call a fast, we're, we're calling a fast. I love this. Um, blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and nursing babies. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord, which is all of us, by the way, we're a kingdom of priests now, New Testament, let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, spare your people, Lord, and don't give your heritage to reproach that the nation should rule over them. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? Think about all the places right now where you're like, man, my enemies are looking at this situation and they're able to look at my face and go, where is your God? You are living just like all the other people. There is nothing significant, significantly different in your life. Where is your God? You know what? That makes me mad. Does that make you mad? That should make you mad. Not mad at God. Mad at that situation. Like, what in the world? You know, I mean, what's... <laughs> we are the children of the Most High. And this thing, this? You should get like David. Like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Mocking the, the armies of the living God. Don't you get... <laughs> so quiet. You're like, you're going to end with that? Yeah, maybe I will. I think it'll stick in your head. Like, then, then, after you call the fast, after you consecrate yourself, then, the scripture says, then the Lord will be zealous for his land and he will pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. And it will come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. This is following what? The fast. We need breakthrough in some places, guys. We want to see our whole cities come in to the kingdom of heaven. We want to see the kingdom of heaven spreading out throughout our cities. We want to see breakthrough in the places where we've been in bondage and addictions. We want to see breakthrough in the places where we've been praying, but we haven't been seeing those results that God promised. And we know the problem's not on his, on his end, and we know that he's not mad at us. But we do know that there's a tool at our disposal, a posture at our disposal to join Jesus in intercession to see breakthrough in those places. Amen? Amen. Now, for some of you, you might be thinking, well, that's great, Josh, but you preached only from the Old Testament, and I'm a New Testament saint. So thank you very much, but I don't have to do that. Well, this is Matthew 6, and this is Jesus speaking. Whenever you fast, whenever, not, not if, not because you used to did in the Old Covenant, but whenever. Whenever you fast, don't put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. They neglect their appearance so they'll be noticed by men when they're fasting. And I say to you, they have their reward in full. So if you're all gloomy and you just want other people to see you doing outward legalistic stuff, then if they notice, then you've gotten your full reward. That's it. All right. Well, so don't do that. But when you fast, what is that word that I underlined for you? 
When, this is in the New Testament, Jesus speaking, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so your fasting will not be noticed by men. And I love this, but your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And what is the reward? The answer of breakthrough in the place of prayer. Amen? Stand up, guys. We gotta, we gotta wrap this up. Can you receive that? All right. So the action steps are coming next week. And this week, you can begin to prepare yourself. We're going to do two styles of fasting. We're going to do the Daniel fast, which is, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some outline for that, but basically it's like no alcohol, no meat, no sweets. Yeah, I know. Woo, it's vegetables and water, baby. You're going to be looking so good. It says in the Bible you'll be looking better than everybody else. But do it humbly, or else that'll be your only reward. And then the other one is a complete fast where you just drink water. And so, uh, so you can be thinking, just ask the Lord, Lord, which, which fast are you calling me to? That's between you and Jesus. Lord, which one are you calling me to? But we are calling. This is our family, and we believe this is the time the Lord is calling us to a time of fasting for breakthrough in these places. The second thing is think about, Lord, what do you want me to be putting on the list? You can already start praying about it now. But Lord, where's the areas that I'm going to be fasting for breakthrough? I'm going to be fasting for increase of anointing or breakthrough in an area. So bring that before the Lord. So Lord, what kind of fast are you calling me to? And Lord, what am I going to be looking for breakthrough for? And then corporately, we're going to have some prayer points. Let me pray over you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare that when Christ said it is finished, he meant it is finished. That you have been completely redeemed. When Jesus left to go to heaven, before he did, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to do all that I've commanded. Lord, in light of the fact that all authority has been given to you, I declare over these people, these disciples of Christ, these sons and daughters, that there is nothing, no weapon formed against you that can prosper. There is no stronghold of the mind that can stand in the revelation of Jesus Christ. There is no besetting sin. There is no curse. There is no disease. There is nothing that can prevail against you. For all authority has been given to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ told us to go, to heal the sick, to preach the good news. I speak over you those words, not on my authority, but the authority of Jesus Christ. So Lord, I thank you that in this time of fasting, Lord, your will will be done and your scriptures will be fulfilled in our lives. In Jesus' name. And you guys said? Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great